What's up, everybody? It is Casey with Two Worlds Podcast, and with me as always, it's the Johnny Quest to my Haji. It's Jake. How you doing? I'm good, man. I used to love that show a lot when I was a kid. Did you watch the like the like the other one that came out, like the kind of like kind of reboot, but not a reboot, maybe a sequel? One that I, also like, came out when we were younger. Probably a few episodes, but definitely not as much as like the the original Boomerang yeah. one. Yeah, because like Dad, like that was you know the original one was like when dad was a kid so that's why i I, and then this new one came out and like it had like the awesome cg that i have a feeling if we went back and watched it didn't age as well as you know the hanna barbera original style (laughs) but it's like it was pretty darn neat and then it like the second season happened i remember even like because i was like obsessed with the first season and like the second season came out and i was like i lost interest and i like was reading the wikis on it like a while back and it was like oh yeah they had to change uh creative teams like halfway through the first season the quality went down or you know something like that i'm like oh well it checks out i guess seven-year-old casey had pretty damn good taste then. <laughs> now remind me because i'm blanking there were two adults and then a dog what were their names so i i just know him as dr quest would be the the you know johnny's dad and then it was uh race bannon race then, bannon that's right and then uh i think it's was it is it scout he's like a little bulldog has a lot of attitude right, he, he yeah he talk. was white and then had like black spots around his yeah. eyes let's see johnny quest dog maybe it's bandit bandit there bandit. we go man like between the venture brothers and harvey birdman though it's kind of ruined uh races and dr quest's bromance for me because it's like oh they were banging (laughs) (laughs) oh man well anyway let's uh you know man how how was your week i'll ask about your week ah wasn't too bad i mean we were we talked about briefly before i got a bunch of christmas presents wrapped don't have That's yours good. wrapped. Your your last bit just came in today, so I'm just gonna toss it all in a bag and call it good. So, funny thing about your Christmas present, I I ordered it like months ago, like maybe at the start of the year, and forgot about it. So when it came <laughs> in, I was like, "What the hell is this?" <laughs> I was like, "Oh yeah, now I know what it is." Anyway, now, now I just like to think it's a um. You know how like you can get like mold mold of like you know your dong to turn into a dildo. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. You're like I sent it off and I got it in the mail. I'm like, huh? What could this be? <laughs> <laughs> I hope that you treasure it. Yeah, I'll see it. I'm like, oh, Jake's penis. I know what this is. <laughs> it's got the this curve one. and everything. Yeah. <laughs> Twenty four karat gold curve. <laughs> <Ooh>. <laughs> Anyway, enough of that. We can get into our news. Okay. I'll let you take it away. Yeah, man. We got some... uh, They announced that at the Game Awards uh, Hellboy game. And it looks pretty cool. I'm not going to lie. Like, it looks like a Mike Mignola comic. Like, they kind of did the style that way. And everything. The gameplay might not be the... Like, because me and Nick watched the gameplay trailer. And it's like... It's it's gonna be a toss up whether or not it's gonna work, but I'm hoping it's gonna be good. Like I said, the the stuff 
you know, looks pretty solid. Wasn't there an old PlayStation Hellboy game? There was. I think Nick had it, and I never, never played it. So I couldn't, you know. But it was called Hellboy. This is called Hellboy Web of Weird. So if it comes out for PS4, I might check it out. Right on. Well, I, I hope that it does well. We we stand Hellboy around here. Yeah. Um. Oh, speaking of video games, this isn't in the notes, but this Wednesday, uh, the what is that? The fourteenth, probably. Yes, the fourteenth is the Witcher Three big next gen update that Jake's been waiting on for over a year now. So, uh, if you have the Witcher Three, then the update is free to you. There's got new DLC stuff added. Um, and if you haven't played it, what are you doing with your life? Play it. So just a reminder for everybody. Speaking of video games also, just to piggyback on your video game talk, I finally downloaded Gigabash and I've been I played a little bit of that. Got, Pretty got good. play as it's fine. It's like they do they try to do too much with some of the levels. Where it's like, oh, yeah, this level, you're in a volcano. So it's like, oh, this is terrible. <laughs> you know, like there's so many of these levels where there's like so much crap going on where it's like, I'd just rather, you know, have a fight and maybe a few military things attacking. I don't need a giant mech just attacking both of us while we're trying to fight. <laughs> so speaking of, I'm glad you said Gigabash. I saw a couple of days ago that they're adding uh Godzilla DLC. Yep, they did that, and I I downloaded that too with it, and it's it's fun. You get Destroya, um, Gigan, Godzilla, and uh, Kiru, Mechagodzilla. Okay, right on. So it's a good time. I mean, but we're not the testing room. Let's get back to real news. <laughs> you're right. You're right. <laughs> uh, Jackie Chan confirms Rush Hour Four is still happening. And I mean, I'm just gonna I'm gonna be honest. Everyone that saw Rush Hour Three says, "Please don't." I mean, you say that, dude, but you know how Twitter is. People are probably like, "Oh my gosh, I can't wait! It's gonna be amazing." Rush probably. Hour Three was the best one. <laughs> it, they might, but at the same time, it's like there's also the the thing where they don't like uh, Jackie Chan too much on Twitter because. He's, you know, he is very much um, pro-China since he's Chinese. And so, like, he'll be like, nah, China's not doing anything terrible. What are you talking about? We're wonderful here. Nothing bad has ever happened with the, you know, the Chinese government. They're fantastic. Trust me. <laughs> so they, they don't like him too much well, for hey, that. I adore the they... Jackie Chan adventures and therefore I believe Jackie. He would <laughs> not steer me wrong. I mean, I just don't think you can complain too much about China. You know, their slave labor and all this other stuff while you're wearing your Nikes and you're on your iPhone. But, you know, glass houses. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, Speaking of movie stuff, so I saw several reports this week that the canceled Michael Keaton Batman movie was going to be Batman Beyond. I'm sure you probably saw this, too. I saw it, too. And I also saw the person that wrote Birds of or the people that wrote Birds of Prey were going to be the ones to write that. So I'm like, maybe we dodged a bullet because 
Birds of Prey is not a good movie. It could have been a good movie, but oh, oh yeah, it could have been. It's like if they messed Cassie Kane up that much, we didn't want to see what they did to Terry McGinnis, right? (laughs) And it's not just that; it's just like oh, they could not for to save their lives. They could not tell a story in like you know normal in a normal way. It was just like so. This movie, we're gonna start here. And then it's going to be five minutes in the future. Then it's going to be 10 hours in the past. Then it's going to be seven hours in the future. Then it's going to be back to where they were. But then it's going to be 30 minutes past that. And it's like, why? I wanted to like that movie a lot. And it does have some good parts. It's but... Margot Robbie. Like, the her jail fight scene's pretty oh, rad. It's but the at the same time, it was like the setup to it, it's like 30 minutes ago. It's like, you're not Quentin Tarantino. Stop it. Yeah. Um, so, okay, let's, let's save all of our, like, DC stuff for... Yeah, because that's gonna be, like, a one big glob of stuff. Um, all right, so I'll say what we'll do some comic stuff, because this is, in fact, a comics podcast. Jed McKay and Pascal Ferry will be launching Doctor Strange number one in March. I'm not sure if that means that Strange is coming to an end, but it probably does. Probably. Um, but anyway, I think I speak for both of us that we're on board for that and yeah. uh, are going to keep reading Jed McKay's Strange-related stuff. Yeah, I mean, I just kind of hope Clea is still around because I've, I've grown to very much appreciate her as a character because like, prior to that, I have some of like the trades of the early Doctor Strange and she's kind of just a forgettable character in those. Not much there, you know? And so then like jumping from there to this, it's like, oh, wow. She's got a lot of character now. She's really cool, really fun. So I'm hoping hoping for more of her. I agree. Okay, so Dread 2. You okay, Hallie? She's having some nightmares. Aww. Uh, Dread 2 is reportedly in development with Carl Urban returning. So that should be fun. Dread 1 is a lot of fun. Carl Urban is pretty darn awesome. So I'm I'm pretty excited. I I didn't even look at your notes prior to this. I had no idea that that was a thing. So that gets me insanely hyped because nice. Dread is like legit one of my favorite movies. I love that movie. It's pretty rad. And then, like I said, Urban's so good. And also, Urban doesn't have like I'm a little worried now. Like since Boys has blown up so much that the studios might be like, we gotta see Urban's face now because before Urban was just a character actor where they could just be like, nah, he doesn't need to show his face. He's in everything. No one knows who he is, though, because he's so good at what he does. But now they're like, no, let's see the beautiful blues. Well, hopefully he'll get to be some sort of producer and be like, no, he's he doesn't show his face. Yeah. Okay, Uh, I got some anime related news that we can talk about really quick since we are sort of anime boys we haven't done that in a day or two but i know i'll get through soul eater someday i promise (laughs) but uh one punch man season three will be produced by mappa studios i don't know anything about mappa studios but people online are excited and then some people online are like they're never gonna get any sleep so 
you know. So, yeah, they did Jujutsu Kaisen, which was cool. They also did the final season of Attack on Titan. And I'm pretty sure they do Chainsaw Man as well. So it's going to look awesome. I don't know if it's going to look One Punch Man season one level of awesome, which is like the best anime animation in my mind. But it'll be it'll be pretty darn close. Good. Right on. And then my last bit of, new- bit of news before we get to the, the honking wad of stuff that, you know, we have sharing is Netflix and Legendary are making a live action My Hero Academia movie for Lord knows why. There is there is nothing a live action adaptation can do better than the animation did. There's right? nothing. <laughs> also are you caught up yet no dude this new season i know you complained last season you're like oh they're doing stuff at the school again i want them to be fighting people and punching you know and saving people and killing and screwing and all this stuff and you get all that except for the screwing <laughs> i don't know that i specifically said screwing <laughs> <laughs> can i just like can I just start on the new season and not finish season two? No, okay. whatever it was. I would say skip over. Yeah, if you're at season two, I'm like, you need to watch a lot of stuff because well, I know, no, no. I, know. You, I mean, wherever I was, um, you need to watch the second half of this last season. It's all villain shit, and it like builds up to why, and like it, it cuts like the way that season ends. It ends with them being like, we're gonna raid these fuckers. That's how that, you know, like it cuts with like Deku be like, and this is when the raid happens. And then like this new season starts in the shit. They're just like raiding them, taking out, you know, the two, two, a two pronged attack and stuff. Sounds and, great. Yeah. And, and then so, after that's over, they're going to be like, okay, talent show, dude. It's one of those things like me and Clint <laughs> talk about this. I'm like, I'm like, dude, they're going to have to have like the biggest um christmas music festival to get us like amped back down after all of this because like since this season started it's been non-stop like we had like two episodes i'd say where it's like oh yeah we're throwing in some plot here but then you'll be like they're like oh we're gonna they're gonna take them this is awesome and then you're like you thought and then something crazy happens and it's just like oh shit we still haven't got it (laughs) yeah i Man, I, I mean, when it's good for me, it's really fucking good. I just, I just, I don't like the down parts. See, like, I I don't mind them, but some some of them drag too much. Like the uh, talent show episode, like where it's just like, this was like a an arc, you know, like seven episodes or whatever. I'm like, this is a bit like three episodes. Yeah, that's that's enough. Or hear me out, zero episodes. <laughs> I mean, I think filler is fine. I really, Dude, I do. know. I'm just being a twat. Yeah, like I think filler is is perfectly fine, but I don't think that much filler is right. Because <laughs> like, remember that episode of Dragon Ball Z when uh, Chi Chi was making Goku and Piccolo get their driver's license? It's hilarious. <laughs> it is hilarious. And and I, I like the filler on Naruto, but I don't know. It's just different. Or like, you know, like baseball episodes in Dragon Ball, I think are amazing. 
Yeah. But I just, I don't, I just don't care about what's his name being a perv. And then they all do like a little song number. I don't know. It's just, it's whatever. I, yeah. we can move past it. I got you, man. Um, I'm just saying, check out, like, like I said, check out the second half since you weren't into the, the, them whole, you know, the, the kid on kid action. Yeah. Just, <laughs> that is correct. <laughs> since you weren't into that, um, <laughs> the, the villains attack this city and, oh boy, it's awesome. I will add it to the list, but I've got like 50 episodes of Naruto left. That'll be like a, what, a day for you? <laughs> I wish. <laughs> all right. Uh, my last bit before all of our DC stuff. So this is going to be my front runner for our end of the year Tom King award. Um, Aftershock is being called out for not paying its creators this year. Uh, the big one that's come out was writer Zach Thompson. Uh, this was his quote. He said, I've had two books completely fall apart this year because of late payments, one of which took me over a year of dedicated research to even script. Um, the publisher then optioned one of my books without telling me or the team. And then after that still said they couldn't pay it's December. And a lot of creators are heading into Christmas with thousands owed to them and no real recourse to get paid for their work. It's disgusting to clear, or it's clear to me that our industry is in a state of huge transition and a lot of smaller publishers may not make it to the other side. And then, um, writer alex DeCampi came out and was like yeah that's aftershock comics uh they owe friends of mine tens of thousands and uh like my my friends are dealing with lawyers right now so it sucks because i did think highly of aftershock but yeah. now not so much so Hopefully the people get paid for the work they did. I hope so. Like if you're a smaller company and like what you have to do, in my opinion, as someone that doesn't own a comic book publishing company is just be like, Hey, we can't pay you what these other places do, you know, but you're going to get, you know, we're going to pay you still X amount. And then on that also the less pay you're going to keep, 15% ownership in anything you produce. So even if later on someone else is writing it, but they decide to make a movie off of it, you're still getting however much it get made, you know, however yeah. much yeah. this, you know, that's, that's the, or like a TV show or whatever. That's the way to do it. Cause like, mm -hmm. otherwise you're going to end up like this. Yeah. Because no one's going to come work for you. And eventually you're either going to get sued or your your company's just gonna fall apart. Yeah, they're gonna declare bankruptcy. Yeah, like if they're being sued over the money that they're not paying people, they're just gonna declare bankruptcy, and it's, you know, it's gonna be done. Yep. All right, so now we can talk about uh, the DC movie news. So, uh, Wonder Woman three is apparently dead. Jenkins, Patty Jenkins said that uh, that Gunn and Saffron told her that Wonder Woman doesn't fit into their plan going forward. And 
like I, I know you said in your part that James Gunn tweeted some responses to various stuff, but all I saw was that he's like, some of what you've read is true, some yeah. of it isn't, and you know, we'll we'll announce it when we can. We just want DC to be good. So um, my other bit, and then I'll let you do all yours, is that WB is a, apparently developing a spinoff for Hawkman. Not sure if it's going to be a movie or if it'll be a show on like HBO or whatever. So. Yeah, there was this uh, big article in, like, I think, Hollywood Reporter about all this stuff. And with some of the Patty Jenkins stuff, I guess, like, Warner Brothers came back to Patty after she sent off her script. And they're like, oh, you need to change this, this, this. And then, like, a big part of that was get rid of Linda Carter. They didn't want her in there at all. And then Patty was like, no, I told her I'd have her in there. This is part of what I want. This is, like, part of the arc. You know, I need this to be this way. And so they just kept butting heads on that. Patty wouldn't budge. Warner Brothers wouldn't budge. So they're just like, well, see ya. And that's that. That's what I've heard from other stuff. And then um, a lot of people were saying that Black Adam didn't make enough money to be making, you know, do new stuff. And then there's going to be a re- whole reboot. And then, but then I, I think that's one of those things also where it's like, then like Dwayne was like, oh, no, it made. 40 million dollars dude okay that was the big thing i wanted to bring up who do we believe because some people are saying it didn't make enough and then Dwayne and others are saying no it did so did it or didn't it i just like who how do you know what to believe anymore i think i really think it's a hundred percent until gun or saffron say otherwise you just can't take anything for what it is and even stuff he says i don't think we can a hundred percent say, oh yeah, because he like he's not a hundred because he's like, oh yeah, people are like, oh you don't like Henry Cavill, and he's like, no, I do, I do like him as Superman, but he's not saying we're keeping him as Superman. You know what I mean? Like it, it's stuff like that where he's not saying a hundred percent stuff all the time, and that's how he has to be right now. So it's I'm not holding that against him, but I it's a hundred percent. If you don't hear it from him, don't take it for what it is. I'm just kind of trying to report on what all these rumor people are saying. Cause I heard the same thing. Like after I was hearing like black Adam's not making enough money, blah, blah, blah. We're going to, they're going to reboot. They're going to get rid of everything. And then like Hawkman might be getting something. So like, I wouldn't be surprised if they're thinking about doing a Hawkman thing, but they're also like, let's see how the streaming numbers are for black Adam too. Since that's going to come out streaming, I think this month sometime. It is. Yeah. So, so here's my question then. Uh, do you think it made enough? Like just based on what you heard or like just your own thoughts, do you think it did okay? I think it did okay, but I think DC didn't want it to do okay. I think they wanted it to do amazing. So I think it's still up in the air. Um, There are some rumors that uh, old um, Jason Momoa is going to, and this is like pretty outlandish, but Jason Momoa is going to stop being Aquaman and he's going to take on Lobo, which it's like, that's perfect casting. They should have done that the first time around, but it'd be, it's hard for me to buy that just because of the fact that audiences will be like, what's Aquaman doing in outer space? Riding a, riding a motorcycle. You know, people are this is like you know, your your go to audience is not the comic book fan. It's the stupid people that 
are also you know watching these movies so i don't think that's gonna work i don't think it's gonna happen yeah. uh but um like gun has said time and time again though he's very adamant on getting the big three kind of stuff aligned lined up and also apparently he really wants stuff good with green lantern so those are things that you know are promising uh, i'll say that and then the, the last bit i heard is i guess man of steel 2 there was a script but wb passed on that too it was made by i think the people that are heading up peaky blinders i think they did a, a script and then warner brothers had to be like, like mm, no you need, need to work on it some more so don't know what's going on there with that sorry there a script for which project man of steel 2 Oh, Man of Steel 2. I got gotcha. you. So. Well, that's interesting. Um, I mean, obviously, I you know I adore Peaky Blinders. That doesn't mean it'll transition well to anything else. But uh, yeah. I'm, I'm curious. I, I just don't think WB knows what they want to do with they Superman, don't. which is such a shame. It's like, how are you guys fucking up your... Well, to me, the most important character. A lot of people will say Batman, but it's we, one of the two most good important characters. Yeah, like I, I really a hundred percent think, and I hate saying this, but they do. They should start fresh. Do like a new Fifty Two style reboot after Flashpoint, or but they do it better than New Fifty Two. But just be like, yeah, we'll keep Henry Cavill, and you know, Batman. It's kind of up in the air who we get. Doesn't really matter, but we keep. Cavill and keep Gal Gadot and then just kind of be like ah this is kind of changed but it's also kind of you know kind of the same and then we'll move on from there Mm -hmm. like reference the fact that they fought Doomsday or something like that but don't ever show it (laughs) yeah (laughs) well I guess we'll see what happens and then even doing that then you can go back and do like a better startup for a Batman movie, you know, and stuff. And I want, I I want them to use Pattinson. I know that his stuff is supposed to be its own thing, but at the same time, Gunn and Saffron and want everything to be more tied. So it's like, let's just, let's just do that. Then you use him uh, for everything. I, I wouldn't like that because it's just like, that Batman had trouble with, you know, like basically internet uh, Twitter trolls. And then it's like, well, here you go. Take on a space God. Good luck. <laughs> yeah, but it doesn't have to take place right after his first movie. I know. I'm just like, I'm still not the hottest on that movie, but you know, you know how I get salty. But <laughs> yep. but no, it's just you have to do a lot to make that, and like that one is also like you have to do a lot to make that Batman credible in this universe, and then also do a lot to make his villains credible in that universe too. And I just I don't I think you'd have a lot of problems there. That's the problem with a hyper realistic Batman. Yeah. Well, I guess that is uh, the end of the news, right? Yeah. So 
now we're going to take our ad break and when we come back we will review some comics so we will be right back all right welcome back folks uh if you would like to hear a new funny customer at comic headquarters story i tell that over on our youtube channel and casey and i do a new sonic mad lib which is pretty funny this time casey got a little raunchy with it so yeah if you want to hear all that go over to our youtube channel that's two worlds podcast on youtube and if you'd rather us just bring you our collection of you know like 90s baseball cards and just be like how much for these thousands of dollars and just keep saying that until you give us money and then we'll after you give us the money then we'll say oh this is what happened on the thing thanks for the money (laughs) bye okay so real quick (laughs) speaking of that another guy called i don't know if this was last week or the week before and uh he was he said that he had a bunch of his cards stolen and was essentially trying to see if somebody had brought them to me to sell Mm -hmm. so he could get his cards back which is absolutely fine however before i could even get out well you know let me stop you right there because i actually don't buy any cards at all he then listed like 10 what i'm guessing are either Yu-Gi-Oh or magic the gathering cards before i could even be like hold on dude like i don't buy cards but he it was just like i had you know pot of greed which i know is a Yu-Gi-Oh card yeah. but it was just like he was naming all these cards and i was like Whew, okay he listed 10 before he finally took a breath and i was like sorry dude i don't buy cards so they're not here i would i'd love it if he's like yeah, like a dark magician, a pot of greed, a blue eyes, a red eyes, a Ken Griffey Jr. Um, <laughs> you're like Exodia. Yeah, you're like like wait, wait, wait. Ken Griffey Jr. was a Yu-Gi-Oh guy. Like, yeah, he's the best because he just beats them to death with a hammer, <laughs> like a hammer, not a baseball bat. No, no, this is Carpenter Ken Griffey Jr., not the baseball player. <laughs> but if you'd rather just go to the YouTube channel instead of us, you know making you buy our cards for thousands of dollars go to the youtube channel but if you'd rather just give us money i'm fine with that me too but what'd you read this week man i read daredevil six sword of azrael five batman 130 quested number one behold behemoth number two Sonic the Hedgehog 55 and Thor 29. Ooh, no Fantastic Four. They're going to be checking that guy out. Well, I, I didn't didn't get to read the first one yet because I sold oh, out okay. and didn't get oh, I didn't know you sold in. out. Nice. Mm-hmm. All right. So I read Dark Crisis Warzone. Godzilla Monsters and Protectors All Hail the King. Ghost Rider number nine. Do a Powerbomb number seven. The Joker, the man who stopped laughing, number three. Excuse me. Fantastic Four, number two. Behold Behemoth, number two. Thor, 29. Daredevil, six. And Batman, 130. All right. Well, I'll I'll let you start. Okay, man. So Dark Crisis. This is one of those ones where it's a bunch of different little stories. 
So the first one, it's by uh, Jeremy Adams with pencils by Fernando Passerin. Art's really good. Basically, it's just right before the Justice League come back, you know, from the to, like from dying but not being dead. And Iris and, um, oh, what's her name? I'm blanking on her name now. Wally's wife are Iris. Oh, then who's Linda. Ba- Linda. Okay. They're teaming up to try to save these kids and stuff. And the kids are like, you know, dressed up and like, because ba- like, uh, Iris knew where our, the armory was. So she like, get, gets like a, you know, ray gun and she saves Blue Beetle. Like they're doing Blue Beetle dirty in this poor guy. But uh, they then like have the kids dressed up in like Batman armor. And like they have, you know, some armory weapons and stuff and they're doing stuff. It's it's pretty, pretty fun. But it's like I'm worried when Batman comes back, he sees those kids in his armor. He's like, who are those kids? Do they have parents? (laughs) (laughs) I don't have any young kids around my house anymore. They can live with me. (laughs) (laughs) And then we get a Jim Corrigan story. Him helping. Uh, Raven take down old Spectre, and this is by Frank Terrier uh, with Serge Acuna on the art. The art's not my favorite in this one, but it's fine. Then we have a very just mediocre um, Amazon story. It's by Steffi Williams with Caitlin Yarsky, where this is like just someone going, this fight that's happening over on, you know, in the states it's pretty crazy guys lots of stuff is happening this is wild what's going on you wouldn't believe it tell me i wouldn't believe it (laughs) and it's just like and it'll go like we got some amazon spraying a hose on a fire and one's lifting debris they're saving people this is crazy you wouldn't like this is good stuff it's awesome so, yeah, I'm not feeling that one. Um, and then Rosenberg with uh, George Commandas does a Green Lantern story. It's like Joe and Guy heavy. And I'm not going to lie, Rosenberg doing a Guy Gardner story. Be pretty sweet because he does. He writes him very well in this. And it's like between the two of them, you know, between uh, Joe and Guy. They actually make like one competent uh, lantern. That's ah, a joke. Just a little bust in their chops. But uh, <laughs> yeah, so it was, it was it was a fun time. And then the last one, it's by Delilah S. Dawson with Tom Derenick on the art. The art's good. The story itself, it's very heavy on um, Red Canary. And it's like, boy, this is fine. But guess what? I'm not going to get invested in this character at all because you know what this is going to end up being like harper Rowe, or you know any of the other characters that they've introduced over the past couple of years we're like this character's gonna be a big deal and then it's like it's not <laughs> this character's gonna get dropped pretty quick since especially <laughs> since they don't have a uh, birds of prey book right now as soon as dark crisis is over they'll probably have two appearances and then not pop up until like 20 years from now when they're like I'm now a villain and I'm going to fight Black Canary. Okay, so Red Canary is that character dressed in red with black hair that I don't recognize on any of these books. Yep. And who's their identity? 
Uh, I don't know. She's someone that saw Black Can like she likes Black Canary. And then like in this one, she actually teams up with Black Canary. Robin's so, a jerk. So it's her. not it's not like Ollie's uh sister or anything. Nope. It's okay. like she was at the concert where Black Canary went missing, like you know, got poofed away. And then she's like, Oh, maybe I should be a superhero. Okay. And then somehow she's still alive. It's like I took ta- why, taekwondo classes at the Y. I think I could be a hero. <laughs> yep. So it's fine. Like this is not necessary. It's just kind of like there's some fun stories. Um, I didn't have to read. I no part. No, there nothing needed here. Uh, so I'm gonna give it probably a six out of ten. You're not missing anything if you miss it. But yeah, Jeremy Adams and Rosenberg and. Some Jim Corrigan. We don't get Corrigan very much anymore, so that's nice. Not since Gotham by Midnight. Nope. All right, first up for me is Quested, number one. It's written by Michael Calero and Thomas Parson, with art by Kit Wallace. And this was the book by Whatnot Publishing that promised I Hate Fairyland meets Legend of Zelda. And I say that's that's probably mostly true. Um, lots of humor in this. The the little the main character is this angry little person, and he teams up with like a couple of con artists, and they're trying to get uh, trying to get money so that they can move out of their crappy little town. But then. Uh, they get hired by a king to rescue a princess and then at the end they kind of get the crap beat out of them and uh, it ends on a to be continued so it's pretty fun art's not my favorite but I realize it's supposed to be kind of goofy and cartoony so uh, I'm going to stick it out for another issue or two and see how it goes but it was an alright start I'll give it like a 6 out of 10 nice All right, so I'm going to go next with godzilla monsters and protectors all hail the king this is by eric burnham with dan shewing on the art and it's fun i mean i still have a problem a little bit of problem with the zillions and the art's not my favorite in this either but i will say king of doors design is so good that it doesn't really matter who's drawing it no matter what he looks good i agree so yeah i you get more of the stuff and you know, but like with the vlogging and all that type of nonsense and King Ghidorah and Godzilla fight in this one. The zillions are trying to control King Ghidorah. They're still calling him King Ghidorah, even though everyone knows the zillions don't use names, they use numbers. So it should be Monster Zero. But you know, come on, Burnham, you should be better. But it's pretty good. And then there's a spoiler alert for the next the next issue kind of gives away what I already kind of deduced with the new girl who she's got like her monster that she talks to. It gives it away 100 percent. See if Jake see if Jake can guess because he is a I'll say casual Godzilla fan <laughs> for sure. So I don't know if you've seen the one where this guy appears, though. Ooh, I don't think so, man. It is. King Seesaw. Ah, I've heard you talk about him. He's a he's a big old doggy boy. Uh, but it's funny because there's a part where they go, 
do you sing to your monster too? And a hundred percent, you should. But they, but she's like, oh no, we don't sing to him. But and uh, uh, Mechagodzilla, the it's a, uh, I think it's Godzilla versus Mechagodzilla. A hundred percent, there's like a three minute song to wake up King Seesaw, and I'm gonna find that song. I'm gonna insert it in right here, so you can hear like not the whole song, but like the the main part, so you can hear when she's when she does that, so you guys get that for you. But no, this is very enjoyable. This is better than the first the first go around with these Godzilla books. So yeah. So does uh, like does King Caesar help? Godzilla fight Mecha Godzilla, or is it like another villain? No, he helps Godzilla fight. So, like, that's the thing that's kind of funny. It's like in the first, in the first Mecha Godzilla movie, it's Godzilla and King Seesaw, and they, you know, they fight him and they team up to take him down. But they both have trouble. Second one, it's Mecha Godzilla with the um, Titanosaurus teaming up versus Godzilla, and Godzilla and the humans win. <laughs> it's like, oh, I guess. King Caesar wasn't so needed after all. Uh, like, spoil this for me. Does King Caesar die? No. Oh, wow. Okay. He also then, spoiler alert, reappears in Final Wars, but his design is so much worse. Like, holy crap, they gave him a fur bikini. <laughs> Sounds pretty hot to me. I mean... I guess if you're into that, no judgment, <laughs> Preston. <laughs> I've not even met the guy and I'm making fun of him. Ugh. That's hilarious. <laughs> Man, we're gonna we're we're gonna drop a listener after this. <laughs> Alright. Yeah, anyway. I, think, I think I'll I'll haven't rated it yet. So I'm gonna say eight point five. This is actually a lot of fun. I would recommend it if you're a fan of the old Showa stuff. You know, yeah, it's good. Okay, so I will do sort of Azrael number five. It's written by Dan Waters, and the art is done by uh, Nicola. Sismezisha. Hopefully I didn't screw that up too bad. So, man, I am bummed that this only has one more issue because it needs to have more than that. Yeah. This issue, like, Azrael, like the biblically accurate angel, is having, like, an identity crisis. So they are no help to John Paul. John Paul did me safe. Yeah, I know, right? <laughs> John Paul runs into Father Valley, who's, uh, you know, essentially saying that uh, that John Paul lost his way as Azrael, and we actually get some some deep origin stuff. I guess John Paul's father kind of created Father Valley in a way to be the replacement for Azrael, but then that didn't work out. So that's all fun stuff. Uh, but anyway, John Paul, like in the deep recess of recesses of his mind, gets Azrael to come too. And uh, they're kind of working together again. And they're going to team up with Father Valley to take on uh, the Templars 
who have a mother box looking thing called an angel box, which, you know, implants that whole system of you're an agent of God and you're supposed to be doing this. Like, dude, there's a lot going on in this issue, yeah. but like in the best way. Um, so anyway, let me show you a picture of what this new, uh, that their name is Sariel. Uh, hopefully. Oh, come on. It's not going to do it. Please. It's, I can see his, 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 uh, abs oh there there we go kind of she hers oh okay it's a lady but i think they look pretty cool they do so anyway i'm guessing the final issue is going to be a throwdown between that one lady poor fellow who was the halberd wielding chick early on that was killing people so it'd be good fellow and sario versus father valley and azrael not to mention Vengeance. I was about to was, ask, what's Muscle Mommy Vengeance doing? She's on the side of the Templars, apparently. Um, so, you know, it's like, is someone else going to come in to, like, help even the sides or what's happening? And then I want to show this cool page, too. Let me turn off my uh, my my blurring here. It's just my, my room is a mess in the background. But whenever he gets Azrael to team back up with them, Oh, wow. That's awesome. Yeah. So I just I love this book so much. It's so cool. It's definitely going to make it on my top comics of the year list. Um, But anyway. The issue ends with John Paul pulling Father Valley up and, uh, you know, he says, join me, my brother. And then it says to be concluded. So uh, this is definitely my book of the week. And I really don't have any complaints. Uh, so I'm going to give it a 10 out of 10. It was right amazing. On, okay. So Ghost Rider number nine by Benjamin Percy with um, Corey Smith on the art. So I like this book a lot. First off, my mildest take that I already tweeted is Benjamin Percy and this book are probably the best Marvel books out right now, in my opinion so dang good um but yeah ghost rider and uh old goth girl are teaming up and they're gonna you know they're like they're in chicago and like chicago's a hellhole and so they're gonna find where they're taking all these people and there's a part where ghost rider gets on a train and turns the train into a, a giant ghost rider train like look at this stupid it's awesome yeah it looks cool so yeah it's really cool and then uh old dude the bad the old bad guy the new the new guy that you know exhaust shows up and you know he's he's got goth girl so exhaust is on the cover right yes this is old old exhaust it's a pretty good cover yeah he's a pretty sweet villain like if you're a 90s, like, I don't know if Ghost Rider ever really kind of grew out of the 90s. Like, I think it's just like, this is the, the this is where I'm staying. <laughs> I think they tried a couple times, like when they got Robbie and whatnot. And then it's just like, no, we're going back to the 90s. Thank you very much. This yeah. is our aesthetic. <laughs> and I'm all about it. So I'm going to give this a 9 out of 10. I really like it. 
it's 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 a good fun time and can i just say i like reading your takes on our twitter yeah i mean i'm trying to do more of it i don't think about it though so that's the problem yeah and if anyone else wants to follow along with casey's comic takes it's two underscore worlds underscore pc on twitter yeah and if you you know tweet at me i might tweet back i don't really know i'm not good at it (laughs) moving along we've got sonic the hedgehog 55 and it's written by evan stanley with art by adam bryce thomas now i'd like to say and i'll preface this with not that it matters evan stanley is a lady oh i had no idea it doesn't matter but uh but i saw her online and i was like oh i didn't realize you know who these creators like i don't know what the creators look like but it's it's nice to see but uh yeah. anyway well fun fun fact about that whenever i used to when i was a kid and i was reading nightwing you know, this is before internet before i was smart and there was uh the writer was always Devin, it was Devin Grayson, but it just would say Grayson in the corner. So I'm just like, oh, they're just telling me his name. <laughs> Dude, I love that. That is hilarious. Um, now I will say, I guess it could technically be Avon, but oh. it's spelled E V A N and not how I normally see Avon written. So yeah. I'll just keep saying Evan until I meet her one day and she's like, Jake, I listen to the podcast. You're an idiot. My name is Yvonne. And you're so. like, well, why didn't you just tweet us? Like, well, because Casey sounds like a moron. We wouldn't understand how it works. <laughs> like, ah, fair enough. Fair enough. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. So essentially, this issue, all that happens is that Sonic, Tails, Metal, and Eggman decide that they're going to call a temporary truce so that they can fight Surge and Kit, who, uh, you know, they just, they want to kill everybody that's not them because everybody's been messing with their brains. And, you know, I kind of sympathize with them. But I want to point out uh, that Adam Bryce Thomas's art is so good as far as i mean this this could essentially be an anime and i would be all about it like the way he draws the action scenes um like here well god i gotta turn off my stupid screen blurring again uh like the eye sparklies here and the close-up on uh the angry face you know it's all just like for a sonic comic i think it's, it's really sweet. really good it does a good job of like making it serious but still sonic you know what yes. i mean like because there's a that's a that's a hard line to toe but it looks good yeah yeah and uh you know all the creators do it flawlessly in this so essentially this is all build up for a fight but you know, it's going to look like an awesome fight next issue whenever it all goes down. So I am really curious how uh, this whole arc with Surge and Kit is going to go. It's like, are they going to stay villains or is the power of friendship going to prevail and they'll come over to the good side? Like, who knows? But it's probably the second one since it is a Sonic book. True. 
but I mean like the the Sinister Six and all of them have remained villains. So it's yeah. like, you know, who knows? Who knows? But either way, it's really good stuff. I'm gonna give it a nine out of ten. It Sonic deserves it. Right on, man. Does Sonic sell pretty good at your shop? You know, it it sells better than you might think. Um good. it's like you know how I have tiers. It's like right between the not great and the middle tier. So, yeah. you know, for a kid's book, I think that's pretty great. Yeah, it is. Okay, so next up is The Joker, The Man Who Stopped Laughing. And this is by Matthew Rosenberg with... I'm going to try to find the art really quick. Uh, Carmen Giandominico. On the art, then we have a backup story by Matthew Rosenberg with Francisco Francavilla. But uh, the main story Jason finally sees, you know, he finds Joker, he's got his gun because he's brought his gun back, which that's the one thing that annoyed me. He's like, Three Jokers happen. He's like, Bruce, I won't use the guns anymore. Okay, dad, I won't just love me like you do the others. And he's like, I'll never love you. <laughs> I was waiting for it. um so yeah he's got the gun he's gonna kill joker and then joker falls into the frozen water and then he the other joker goes the is at the hall of doom and they're like oh we don't want you here you stupid clown and then they're like like we got no clowns allowed except for the one we got and then punchline there's like hey baby it's me the only clown that they want you get on out Get on out of here. <laughs> why, why is she like a Southern Belle? Because <laughs> that's how I read her. You don't? <laughs> She's like, look at me. I can beat up Batman. No, I don't read oh. her. Well, maybe now you'll like her more. <laughs> True. Oh, Batman. <laughs> oh, Batman. I can beat you up in the day of the week and you know it. But a uh, Joker pops out of the frozen water because like he just can't die. Like that's what's crazy. And he kills these homeless guys like he's such a jerk like it's so hilarious because he'll be like these homeless people like people will try to help them and then it'll just be like they'll be like oh we found these people dead at the lake these homeless guys and then like joker gets this doctor to help him he tells the doctor the place has got a bomb so he's got to you know fix them with this poison like he takes his he gets down to his underwear and he's got like bullet holes all over him bullet hole in his head and the doctor like patches them up and does brain surgery on him and then like joker just murders him and then pretends he's him as he leaves the hospital <laughs> you're like man you're such a dick joker <laughs> but then like it ends with him leaving the hospital while the cops are all there and then the next issue or and then the backup issue which it's like the backup issues are are kind of better than the main story because it's so they're so funny so like this is uh it starts with uh oh oh big barda and joker's like in love with her now as she's beat as she beat the crap out of yeah uh like that's that's jake's muscle mommy and then (laughs) she's like beat the crap out of him and she drops him on the train and then the train goes and just cuts joker in half and so then um you know she's like you should she tells his two sidekicks that you know they should get a different line of work and like it's a little guy uh and then a gorilla that talks and i'm trying to think of the the gorilla's name because it's like some it's like jack and ape i think is what it is and so like they take him to the hospital 
And then they're like, it's like my friend needs help. Oh no, what's wrong with them, little fella? It's like, the fuck did you just call me? And then, <laughs> and then, then the, the girl is like, boss hit by train. And like, holy hell, is that a talking gorilla? It's like, yeah, obviously. Can we get a different doctor over here? A smart one? Son, look at him. The man is very dead. Then Joker's like, you're not looking so great yourself, doc. And then this cop comes over with like his gun. He's like, drop the corpse now. No gorillas in the hospital. <laughs> it's like, not dead yet. Thank you. And so then like they just end up killing everyone at the hospital because everyone at the hospital is so stupid. And, you know, they're just trying to get Joker help. And so then like while the hospital's on fire, the his like little henchman guy comes back and he's like i'm back boss i couldn't find dr elliot or dr thorne or dr fries or dr strange or dr crane or dr quinzel or dr Isley or dr arford or dr langstrom or dr desmond or dr uh, sartorius or dr helfrin but i brought the next best thing and it's professor pig <laughs> and then he like he ends up chopping them all up and combining them all into one one guy <laughs> Oh my gosh. <laughs> and then Joker's like, I thought you were going to fix my teeth. And that's how it ends. It's so, it's so silly. And the main, like I said, the main story is still good. I'm still liking it. I think you, like, you like the last Joker story. This is the same thing, except no Gordon, but it's still in, like, it's that level enjoyable. Yeah. So I'm going to give it a eight out of 10. <clears throat> and I will just say, Joker's a real jerk. So, fun fact. Jack and Apes first appeared in Batman 666, but that's obviously vastly overshadowed because Batman 666 is the first appearance of Damian Wayne as Batman and also the first appearance of Professor Pig. So, whenever you see that book... Professor Pig's first appearance. Yeah, so whenever you see that book... That's the only thing people put. First Damien is Batman, first Professor Pig, but never is it first Jack and Apes. <laughs> might, hey, that might change now. That's true. It might. Um, all right. I think I just have our four mutuals. Okay. So Daredevil, Batman, um, Behold, and Dor, right? Yep. All right. So I'll talk about Fantastic Four really quick. This is by Ryan North with um, I hate that like Marvel's normally so good. They get that one special spot. Okay. It's and uh, Ivan Coelho on the art. And so this is Reed and Sue's story because something big happened to the Fantastic Four, but they're not telling us what. And apparently it's not connected to the last series at all. I love okay. I love how Marvel does this. It's the same thing with what Spider-Man was doing, where it's like something happened. You better stick around for 20 issues to find out. But um, so yeah, this is uh like Reed and Sue are together in this city, and then like everyone in the city is a Doom bot, and they all want to kill Sue and Reed, like after they figure out who they are. But then it turns out there's like one person there that's not a Doom bot, and it's this nice old lady. And it turns out she knew doom when he was a boy like a kid going to school and he was a exchange student there and she took really good care of him was very nice to him and he would and he was like i'm gonna repay this debt someday you know and she's like that what a what a weird kid but that's sweet and so then like doom basically put doom bots all over the town to protect them and then but then the lady got 
old and she just died but the doom bots were like we don't understand this so then they like basically cocooned her body with the doom bot so she just kind of rotted away inside the doom bot but they thought the doom bot thought it was still her it was it was crazy it was sounds weird it was weird but it was it was still pretty solid story-wise i like fantastic four i just hate this whole like what happened to the fantastic four why are they broke up we'll find out someday it's just that's just stupid but it's fun the art's pretty solid yeah i'm gonna I'll, I'll is it a I good is a it six. a good jumping on point it is i mean because it's it's i mean it's as good of a jumping on point as it can be when they just leave out huge chunks of what happened before right because like i whenever i get those reorders of the first issue and i will like check it out yeah i like that first issue it's that's a fun fun ben grimm story but it's also like yeah when i want a brand new fantastic four story i don't like same thing with that amazing spider-man i don't want a book where it's just like i'm just i'm not sure how i feel about my other members of my team right now because of this thing that happened sure you know that's annoying but the stories itself they're fun but again if i get a fantastic four book i don't want two of the four yeah, if it's anything, not the Fantastic Two. Yeah, if if I get only two of the Fantastic Fours, I should get a damn discount. <laughs> and that's not <laughs> happening at Marvel. Nope. So yeah, it's probably like a. I'm gonna say six point five out of ten. It's perfectly fine. And then, lastly, this is I'm really gonna say pick of the week. Do a power bomb number seven by Daniel Warren Johnson with Mike Spicer on the colors. They're fighting God in this issue. Final issue, mean, by the way. Yes, it is. They fight God. Um, like if you're if you were like ah, Casey always talk really highly of this, but I just I hate wrestling. You'll still like it. It's very good. If you're like oh, Casey talks really high of this but i just hate casey you'll like this though it's still really good <laughs> it's like why are you listening to this yeah. then it's like i just really like jake and i hate listening to casey um but no and then like if you just like good action scenes in comics it's so good it even has like it gives me video game vibes with the way some of the stuff goes too like there's a part where they hit god with one of their moves and then he kicks it he he does a kick out and like the kick out looks like something out of a video game where it's like kick out you know like i could see that <laughs> in a game so if you're a big video game fan you'll like it. You, it if you just like good stories you'll like it um if you feel like crying this has a scene that might make you cry because it had me very much going that's nice that's very nice <laughs> um so yeah it's awesome this is such a good book I'm going to buy the trade when it comes out because it's so, so good. Like it's one of those ones where I just want to reread it. Uh, so yeah, this is a 10 out of 10 series as a whole, 10 out of 10 pick of the week. You know, I'll talk Sounds about like it. It's going to make your, uh, your best comics of the year list. Yeah. I need to get to work on all of the books we read and you know, the, the one stream of things. Cause I've been putting that off. Cause I know how terrible it's going to be. <laughs> it's coming up man we only got a couple weeks okay what order do you want to do these four boys in let's do behemoth and daredevil batman thor okie dokie 
All right, so Behold Behemoth number two. It's written by Tate Bromble and Nick Robles. What'd you think of this, dude? I like it. I'm very curious as to what's going on. I like the little little bit of the shadow behemoth that we see. The story's pretty cool. I'm captivated. I'll say that. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I just want to see what's going on with it. And it jumps around a bit too much, in my opinion. Like the... uh, just the part like there's this one part that I didn't like, but I like the way that the art was done. But the dude's like, he's like, something's coming, something big. And then it's like, oh, hey, you know, I'm that kid you saw. It's like, oh, hey, I, I'm a kid, too. You know, and then she's got the gun and then all the stuff starts happening with the panels. That looks really cool. But then it cuts to the giant monsters doing stuff. And then he gets away, Like I guess, because the building breaks, he gets away from the lady having a gun on him and he then like he's like oh hey kid i found you like it was just like really kind of like yeah quick resolve but other than that it was really good and one thing that um tate brombell does really well i don't know if you'll agree with this but a lot of times i'll complain about writers not trusting their artists where they're like no i have to over explain everything this he just trusts his artists and it mm-hmm. works really well because this artist is very good so yeah. outside of that one spot, I don't really have a complaint with this book. Agreed. Like, definitely no, like the di- the dialogue that you get, it's not internal. It's just the stuff mm-hmm. that's happening between characters and the art covers the rest. So I agree yeah. completely. Uh, and I couldn't have said it better. I am captivated. Uh, it's not perfect, but I think it's really good. I like that panel towards the end where the little girl's like, no, and her eyes light up and she's going all, you know, behemoth mode. I just want to like kind of get more into the meat of what's happening here. So I'm still on for the ride. It's a cool book. Boom puts out cool books like this. So good for them. Uh, I just I want I want more, essentially. And I guess I guess that's all you can ask for in this book. Right. So Mm -hmm. Uh, so yeah, I'm, uh, I'll give it like a like a seven five. You know, totally I solid. Like, I liked it way more than you. I'm gonna give it a cool nine. Nice, nice. Okay, so we got Daredevil number six, and this is by Chip Zdarsky with Raphael De La Torre on the art. And initial, what a cover, by the way. Right on, man. It's. I don't think you. I mean, I'll be honest. I don't think Electra Daredevil can look bad. Like she's just the best, like the coolest new design. Yeah. We've had in ages, like so cool. Yeah. And then just, then, then everything else about it's just rad. But, uh, what were your thoughts, man? I, I liked it. I, this is going to be, this might sound weird, but my favorite part is when, uh, He's just talking to that guy. I think his name's Bullet or something like that. Where they're just like prepping food for dinner. Mm -hmm. And the guy's like, look, you know, if we leave, they're just going to throw me back in jail. You're not helping me out. I'm just here because I'd rather be here than in, in jail. And he leaves and Daredevil gets mad and like throws all the pots and pans. It's just like this book is real. Yeah, And it really confuses me 
And I'll get to this when we get to the next book. Why is this so good and Batman is so bad? I don't know, man. Like, this is one thing that's crazy, too. And I'm, I don't want to bring in an other writers, but other writers will try to do stuff like this, where they'll be like, because this is very much, and it's been this way for a lot, lot of it, where it's like very much talking, like talking about the prison industrial complex. And whether or not you agree with it, disagree, whatever with what they're stating doesn't matter it does what it's saying in a good thoughtful way there's other writers out there that would have been like oh yeah daredevil with his super hearing has now just fixed the prison industrial complex and there's no issues anymore everyone's bad that were politicians they are all in jail and the you're, good... you're subtweeting tom taylor right I, now <laughs> I am. but and it, I, but there's also other writers that do that same crap and it just doesn't work but like when you do it this way this is how you do it because even if you disagree you can still go oh this is this is making me think and that's what you need out of this instead of just saying you're wrong this is right because this is like it's showing there's not really a good fix for this but something does need to be fixed <laughs> And to piggyback off of that, not only that with the prison systems, but also Christianity. Mm -hmm. Even if you're not a Christian, you know, don't believe in God, whatever you believe. I think Chip just handles it in such a way where you at least consider what Daredevil's mindset is as he's going through the various scenarios in his life. Yeah. Uh, I I love how he handles it. My only real knock on this issue... And I knew it was going to happen. And I know this is like your favorite, your real favorite part is how much of a punk Iron Man is in this issue. It's just like, <laughs> it's completely wrecked. No problem by these, by these assassins. Yeah, no, I mean, no, I get it. I get it. It is silly. And the fact that Electra just puts her non-lethal size together and then a bunch of assassins jump him. It's like, I don't really think two guys could just take Iron Man like that. It's like, oh, this are, these are special blades. They they win. Right. It's like, yeah. oh, okay. I didn't yeah. like that part. But other than that, this also, is a really, really good issue. It is. I also wanted to commend um, the stuff between uh, Agony and uh, Doc Samson. Doc Sasquatch now. Sa- yeah. Uh, yeah, Sasquatch. Sorry, Doc Sanson's the bronze man. Uh, but I think that's good too. And then Daredevil comes in, you know, and uh, it's just like, the only thing you're going to suffer from here is love. And she's like, fuck this and walks yeah. off. Like, I don't know. I just love it. I love and, it. I mean, I like the part of Fancy Dan and uh, Cole. Yeah. Like that was, that was good. Like that's just. It's just dude, good. Way, this, yeah. The whole issue is just full of real moments between characters that you can appreciate. And that, that's why Daredevil is, you know, you, you're you saying that Ben Percy and Ghost Rider is the best thing at Marvel. For me right now, it's Daredevil. Daredevil's a close second. It's like Daredevil's just like a really, really good book. Ghost Rider is just a really, really fun book, you know? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, totally get it. So, yeah, for me, it's going to be a nine out of ten. Just the, the Iron Man stuff took me out, like not took me out, but like that that's the only thing that lowered it to a, you know, nine. I'm also at a nine because I can understand where you're coming from with that. Oh, they're going to be like, I'm at an 11 because fuck Iron Man. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's the fun, quirky Jake answer. Oh, okay. 
All right, which brings us to the much inferior Batman number 130, which is written by Chip Zdarsky and written by, sorry, written by Chip Zdarsky with art by Jorge Jimenez. And as always, I will never fault Jorge Jimenez's art. But Casey, I'm sure you're right there with me. The absolute dumbest shit of all time is Batman falling from the moon to the earth and being fine because his suit is just, you know, Batman preps for like falling from the moon. It's like, shut the fuck up. This is stupid. It was so stupid. stupid. I don't know, though. Part of that might have been even dumber was the part when Superman's got his special little suit to fight, you know, fight fail safe. And then he's like, he's wailing on failsafe. Failsafe's like, ah, this doesn't, this doesn't do anything to me. I'm, I'm a robot that was made by Batman, and you know, I can kill you. And then he's like, hey, guess what? You have weak points, like all humans, and I'm gonna make your heat vision go off inside of you. And a part that might be even dumber than that, Casey, is when Batman's like. He might have been prepared for Batman and the rest of the entire fucking world, but he wasn't prepared for Batman and Robin. It's like, what? That's all it took? It wasn't Superman or Aquaman in water? All it took was Batman teaming up with Robin? Well, spoiler alert. It didn't. <laughs> well, yeah, I know it didn't. I it didn't at all. But still, you know what I'm saying. It's yeah. just, dude, this arc is fucking stupid. It is. I think it'd be hilarious if Batman would have been like, you know, he's prepared for me and you and everybody, but I know one person and I have her number. <laughs> and she's gonna come. And she's going to kick his robot ass for me. Hey, punchline. <laughs> oh, hey, Batman. <laughs> I you? thought you'd never call little old me. <laughs> I knew I gave you my number <laughs> for some reason. Dude, if that would have happened, I don't know if I would have laughed or burnt my entire collection of Batman comics. <laughs> That is I, so funny. I just hope someone's headcanon from now on. It's that punchline is a Southern Bell. <laughs> That's the only thing we can give the people. Yeah. It's the Batman voice and now our punchline <laughs> voice. <laughs> Comment down below. What's better? My Batman voice or the punchline voice? Let yeah. us know. We're, we're dying to know. Hey, Jake. I would say you're better at voices than me. Can you do a punchline Batman voice? Like punchline <laughs> doing the Batman voice. <laughs> okay, hold on. Let me find a line to read. Okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> this is going to be so bad. This thing. It's designed to defeat Batman, but it doesn't stand a chance against Batman and little old Robin. It 100% sounds like like just like Batman as an old Southern lawyer. 
that might be the worst thing that's ever come out of me <laughs> i don't know but you man. know we have to we have to laugh and make fun of it because really this book is trash it's apart from good. the artwork yeah and it, it hasn't been good since in my opinion the first issue i've not really been been about it i was like ah, i might get better then it's like oh i was surprised it just keeps getting worse i really like i have to hold faith that it will be good after this fail safe arc. Yeah. You know, because really, even that short arc that Williamson did with uh, with the other Jorge, whose last name I'm blanking on, you know, with like Lex Luthor and yeah. Batman Inc. Like that was way better than this. Yeah. hundred percent. This is this is just horrifically disappointing it is if you'd have told me a year ago that chip zadarsky and jorge jimenez are taking over batman and it's gonna suck i'd have been like get the fuck out of here no it's not but i mean you remember batman the night or whatever that chip zadarsky book that was pretty rough also so yeah yeah here's my thing is all of this to drive daredevil sales (laughs) because like i you know to compare the two it's just not even close in all fairness to daredevil though it's like that one it it's it's got a lot more lore behind it with what chip's been doing like it started off like i was like first three i mean it's just like three issues but the first three issues i'm like i don't know i don't know how i feel about this daredevil being like kind of strung out and accidentally killing a guy oh i don't know how this is gonna pan out three years or four years later I'm like this is pretty darn good <laughs> so, yeah dude i get it's it a, it's a little bit you know a little bit different but yeah still. where are you at with it though man uh i'm gonna say four yeah i'm i was feeling a three so which hurts me because Jorge Jimenez deserves a much higher score yeah. than that. The art's fantastic in it, um, but no punchline. You know, that really hurt it. Yep. It's the only thing it's missing. Yep. Now I kind of just want to start reading the punchline book so, so I can be like, and then she goes, oh, you thought you was prepared for little old me? Well, you never are. <laughs> you can never be ready for me. Punchline. Hey, man. You just tell me when you're ready for the back issues. I got you settled. Oh, I will never be. Okay, so next up, and to finish us off with, it's Thor 29 by Torn Gronbeck and Nick Klein. So, as someone that's like, I'm just tired of the Donny Cates. I want to get back to Thor stuff. How do you feel about this, man? I was pretty high on it, dude. Honestly. Yeah. Um, I Like... I don't I didn't read the Thanos book. Yeah. Uh so I don't really care too much about Black Order stuff. And I also didn't know about Thor's little sister here. Yeah, however, I had no clue about her. However, the mirror that showed the future her made her look pretty cool. And everything else was like I I just feel like Thor and Gronbeck truly has read like all thor series like she's a thor fan Mm -hmm. and uh 
And you can tell by the way she writes like the sort of mythology inspired story. And I think with spoiler alert, Boar showing up at the end, that this is going to be like back to just a fun Thor slash mythology story. Yeah. Like I will, I knew you would like it as I was reading it. Um, the old lady Valkyrie that pops up in this one. I'm not gonna lie, needs more beef, but she's pretty cool in it. I like the part when she's gonna set that one dude on fire. That was pretty hilarious. That was hilarious, yeah. dude. And then, you know, I mean, with his again, if she was beefier, she could just break his arm. But whatever. Uh, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> wouldn't have been as funny. But yeah, like the fights are cool in it. My main thing is, I I just felt like I was missing. A bunch of sh- bunch of stuff because it's like oh i didn't know he had a little sister yeah and then same. you know all of that stuff so yep. that that's my real main main gripe with this book yeah but... i i realize that it's not it's not amazing or perfect but i like this more than i liked any of the the whole crossover stuff which just got like kind of dumb for me by the end of it the, this is more enjoyable for yeah. like an avid thor fan yeah i knew i like i said i was reading this like yeah this is a hundred percent jake sally yeah so i'm probably like an eight five for it especially because nick klein is back on the art which is yeah great. the art and it's very good and I'm at about a seven. It's just like, like I said, I felt like I was missing a lot. So that's mm-hmm. what kind of threw me off. But it's going to be an interesting story. Yep. But what are you excited for next week, man? I am excited for Batgirls, Leonide Vampire, and I'll say Red Sonia, Hell Sonia. Okay, what's that one? Hell Sonia is like her own character that kind of are you familiar with like the old chaos comics like Purgatory and stuff like that? Not really, no. Okay, well, it has something to do with that. It's just like Sonia or, or a version of Sonia is like uh, I don't I don't know if she's like queen of hell, but has something to do with hell. And this is like a versus book. So could be fun yeah right on man okay so um for me i'm gonna say um invincible iron man i'm gonna give that a check out for sure um guess who's not giving that a check out (laughs) i don't know probably like um like Michael, maybe? I don't know. Yep. Yeah. Okay. Cool. <laughs> um, I'm gonna go Dark Ride and then Dark Crisis Big Bang one shot. I'm really curious what uh Shelton's up to. I wonder how mm-hmm. he's gonna help them. He's like So I actually got this in this week and checked it in early. It's actually just a big crossover orgy between the Justice League and the Big Bang Theory characters. I'm so happy. Yep. That's exactly what I've been wanting for so long. (laughs) 
Okay, man. So Fantastic Four times. So somebody, I'm gonna, I'm trying to find the actual tweets really quick, but um, basically somebody asked, oh, uh, somebody asked about James Gunn about the gorilla rule at DC. So basically, it was like there's a there was this rule where they couldn't be putting gorillas out there as much because they were doing it way too much back in the day so they had this like rule and it was, it was like way back back in the golden age or something and so then someone brought that up to gun and he says uh you know they like oh are you gonna up the grill limit by one and then he said he's gonna abide by no gorilla limits whatsoever in future dcu project so that to me says Gun's going to have the gorilla verse because he wants to make as much money as possible. That's what the 10 year plan is. It's going to be replacing everyone with gorillas and he's going to need four DC gorillas to build, build his universe around. So give me four DC gorillas that you want him to build around. Maybe he's listening. Sure. So I will give you my four favorite gorillas at DC. And I don't know how many more there are outside of these <laughs> four. Okay. Okay. So I'm going to go with the newest one first, Gorilla Greg, because while that, that series Teen Titans Academy kind of fizzled, we both really enjoyed Gorilla Greg. I would read like a 15 issue series and by or 15 year long about gorilla greg absolutely gorilla greg may be this is gonna be the title of the episode gorilla greg is the greatest thing tim sheridan has ever brought to this earth yeah yeah i completely agree maybe he'll retweet it now maybe he'll follow us for this (laughs) please tim please t shares uh so gorilla greg and then Gorilla Grodd, his uncle. You gotta say Grodd when talking about DC gorillas. Uh, the other two, this next one is because I liked him in his brief stints in Young Justice, but Monsieur Mala, uh, or Monsieur Mala, um, he was cool in Young Justice. He helped out the little brain robot thing, you know what I'm talking about? Yep. He was in the Young Justice cartoon? I don't remember. I never. I never watched. It. I knew he was in the Teen Titans one. Yeah, um, I'm pretty sure that was him. I'm not sure who. Let's see, Young Justice Gorilla. Yeah, it was Monster Mala. I just, I didn't even know that the Brotherhood Evil or whatever was even in Young Justice. It's a good show, man. They got lots of lots of cool characters in it. I'm gonna wait 20 years when the next season comes out, and I'll be the final <laughs> season, and then I'll watch it. There you go. <laughs> and then my final one and my favorite of the DC Gorillas, Ultra Humanite. If nobody has read the Elseworlds story by James Robinson called Golden Age, you've got to check it out. Casey, if you you've read that one, right? I haven't. I own them. I just haven't got to it. Okay. Well, it's really good. The quick pitch on that, guys, is that Ultra Humanite uh, (laughs) mixes himself up with like Hitler to take out the Justice Society and the Justice League and take over the world. Super cool stuff. 
but Ultra Humanite is actually a pretty stacked character as far as like DC mm. villains go. So if anyone's going to be like the center gorilla to build around, it's got to be Ultra Humanite. Yeah, no, that's one of the things like I could actually see Humanite working inside of the DC universe as like a random one off villain yeah. really well. Like have him and Metallo in a Man of Steel two or whatever. I think that would work really well. Oh, yeah, for sure. Great. Um, so yeah, he'd be on. He was on my list, and then um, of course Sir Greg is on my list because again, the greatest thing Tim Share has ever made. Jack and Napes is a hunt. Like have him just show up in the new Joker movie, dude. Where else? I mean, it'd be perfect. And then, like, Jared Leto's Joker, just the same exact Jack and Napes. And he'll just be like, I thought I was with the other Joker. Like, he'll just say that. And then Jared Leto will be like, holy shit, a talking gorilla. (laughs) (laughs) We just wrote a better Joker scene with Jared Leto than any of the movies have. I mean, all fairness, the the Zack Snyder one, he he had a fun scene. But no Jack and Napes, so it's not as good. Yeah. And then I'm not going to go Grodd because Grodd's going to be a part of, you know, Greg's series, which so Greg is the centerpiece sure. of James Gunn's new. I, I'm just saying this, like if you if you're listening to this and you want to get this rumor going, go ahead. Um, James Gunn can be like, oh, these two world podcast assholes. How did they get my emails? But uh It'll be Greg's the center. He's going to get his own movie franchise, like seven movies. And then he's going to get his own Greg verse. Yeah. And then he's also getting his backstory done on an HBO max, you know, uh, just show. It's going to be multiple seasons. It'll be his past and it'll be his future. It'll jump all around. It's going to make perfect sense 30 years down the line. And then he's going to have his own comic and his own video games. But Grodd's going to have a big part in all of that so that's why he's not being included he's going to be you know his uncle his confidant his best friend you know he's he's there when he gets laid the first time like oh yeah son you know or he's like wait yeah he's he's there like he's in the other room like he's the one that you know he's like he was his (laughs) way sure and but then my other my other gorilla i'm blanking on this gorilla but <laughs> it would have been the gorilla that was the rogues gorilla and uh that, you know like it was like the in the in the rogues comic he was the detective he was a detective gorilla in the uh, rogues comic i would have like a nice nice little series with him i think jake's looking up that's what it looks like you're doing i right. am because yeah. i i don't know who that would have but he was a lot of fun I think that would make make it for a, a good time. And if not him, you know, I'll just toss in a chimp because it's still a monkey. Detective Chimp. Everybody's favorite, you know, little guy. Yeah, I cannot find an answer. Well, really quick, while I talk about, you know, you guys. Wait, is it Sam Simeon? Yes, it is. Sam Simeon is my fourth choice sorry detective chimp come back when you've evolved a little bit more i think that's how evolution worked (laughs) (laughs) but comment down below how evolution worked and also what four gorillas you want to see in the you know gun gorilla verse 
Dude, that makes me want to really pick up the the rogues trade. Not because I love the first issue, but Sam Simeon hasn't been around in forever. <laughs> Dude, it's a fun time. Like, there's stuff about it that I'm like, I kind of disagree with some of the characterizations, but still, it's a it's a good 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 book. Right on. All right. Well, folks, that does bring us to the end of the episode. As much as I would love for us to keep talking about DC Universe Gorillas, there really just needs to be more of them. Hear that, James Gunn? Get the gorillas, please. But now for the closing plugs, if you would, uh, you know, you can go to Facebook.com slash Churros Podcast and give the page a like if you want. And uh, here, here's another thing. If I'll post every day, every day on Facebook, if in our email, what's the email? Podcast at gmail.com. If you send us an email of us photoshopped on the gorilla's bodies, I'll post that on our Facebook. <laughs> and then I'll just post random stuff on the Facebook every day, once a day for a year. There we go. 365 of Two Worlds Podcast. <laughs> anyway, you can also follow us on Twitter where you can see Casey's mild comic takes at two underscore worlds underscore PC and at Two Worlds Pod on Instagram, where this week I'm going to post some incredible Poison Ivy variant covers. Mm-hmm. You can also email us at Two Worlds Podcast at gmail.com. And if you would, go to our YouTube channel. That's Two Worlds Podcast on YouTube and subscribe to the channel where we post funny stories about customers that come into comic headquarters as well as do raunchy juvenile sonic the hedgehog mad libs and comment down below on our youtube channel like if next time we do the mad libs this will be fun jake has to read them all as if he's punchline or batman you guys choose (laughs) and uh we'd love to say in chat but honestly it's late and we're both children in this one because he's Johnny Quest and I'm Haji and we got to get to sleep. Bye, guys. Bye.